all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. <laughs> I'm Rachel. I'm David. And this is all bad things. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> I just so wanted to throw you off. All I could uh, think of was the Ricola commercial. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was trying to think Is of this the... about cough drops? No, I was trying to think of the, uh, um, you know, like the hor- the train horn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we're not covering a train disaster, though. I, I oh. don't know. I just thought it was funny. Okay. <laughs> well, that works. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitch at AllBadThingsPod. Email us AllBadThingsPod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook discussion group and our Discord do all of those things. Do you think that this weekend, meaning we're recording mm-hmm. prior, so not we this are. weekend, but the, weekend the following, the weekend that this episode will be coming out on that following weekend, <laughs> should we do a Twitch stream with our, uh, see if Sarah's up for doing, moderating a, uh, am I the asshole Reddit reaction yes. Twitch? That'd yeah. be fun. I'm definitely up for it. So mm-hmm. yeah, we should put out the word for this episode. Right. Yeah, exactly. So people have time to uh, prepare. Yeah. And obviously we'll put it on all our social meds as well. Yes. Yes. Including Insta. <clears throat> yes. Um, probably like Saturday the... <laughs> Clearly we put a lot of thought into this. Uh, the, tw- 20th? the 20th? August 20th? Yeah. Like 7 Eastern or something. Something like that. Well, what? Just, you know, email us for details, I guess, if you don't follow us on social or media. Or we'll, we'll put it on social media. Yeah. Oh, we will. Absolutely. So if you don't follow us on social media, here's a reason to do there so. There you go. So yeah. So you can find out when the live Twitch stream is. If you have Twitch, you're probably on some version of social probably. media. So what you drinking? I am drinking a pint mm. of America's favorite <laughs> national local beer. Excellent. I am drinking a Raleigh Brewing Brew. Brewing Brew. It is the first squeeze American wheat ale. The wheat ale. It is orangey and effervescent. That's and actually, 6% that's, alcohol that's by volume. The, that's one of the better wheat ones out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bitter. A little bit. A little bit. But that means it's not too oh sweet. Some of the wheat ales are just too they can be. sweet. They can be too fruity. Yeah. And too sweet. Yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> um. Well, that's about it. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say you're, you're the one steering the ship. This, this except episode. for the uh, the unjust FBI raid of Marlon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that just uh, keeps uh, that just keeps getting better and better. Wherein we agree with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, defund, uh, defund the, the, the FBI. FBI. Yes. Sure, okay, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, yeah. we unite on something. Finally, we'll be down to just a dozen spy agencies. <laughs> Instead of 13, we'll only have yeah. 12. I'd yeah. actually say possibly abolish the F... Well, no, abolish ICE. <laughs> That's what we need to do. But uh, Or just bring back the INS. Like, just, you know... Well, that's what it was before yes, 9-11, right? Because uh, it even, became even, part of DHS. Even a year or two after 9-11, I believe. I believe it became ICE in, like, 03 or 04. It was part of the whole Department mm-hmm. of Homeland Home- Security yep. generation. Swallowing up a bunch yeah. of agencies. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or overseeing a bunch of agencies. Swallow up is probably good. 
Um, but yeah, the um, the reaction to the raid on Donald Trump's uh, estate, because uh, I, I believe that is his residence, is Mar-a-Lago. Is it? I mean, I don't who think, knows? Rich people don't live in one place. Um, I believe that's his American residence. You know, we still got to figure out that Chinese bank account of his. <laughs> but uh, no, the reaction to it has been the best part. Yeah. I think like everybody like. It's going to be Civil War in 1776. And then the next day, it's like, nothing. Everything like, looks okay. I love how they're like, this is an attack on democracy. And it's uh, like, no, January 6th was an attack. No, the, 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 my, my favorite thing, I think, the, my favoritest favorite thing of this mm-hmm. year so far has been the, if they can do this to Donald Trump, Imagine what they can do to you. Um, we don't have to imagine it. It's been it's done. Been done. <laughs> Many times ever. All you have to do is look up, like, uh, do a YouTube search of police brutality. Yeah. Those aren't Donald Trump type people no. being thrown onto the ground. No. So, yeah, that's that's been the, I got into like a minor debate with somebody on Twitter the other day. I'm like, okay. like yeah. Imagine, like, the rich and powerful being held accountable. <laughs> oh, my God. What are we going to do? <laughs> How dare we? How dare they? How dare they face the system that they love to slam down on everybody else? So, and created. Yes, for themselves. Yep. Yeah. So the fact that that happened, and Alex Jones is hopefully going to be bankrupt, like, all this happening at once... I gotta give Joe Biden a slight amount of credit. He has gotten a lot of things done in like the past month, not things that I wanted done, but you know, but things that correct me if I'm move wrong. the needle a little bit. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hasn't he had COVID the past month? Or he so? has. Yeah, he has. <laughs> so somebody else got it done. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't want to perpetuate any conspiracies. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we all know what we're saying. I, yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't like, know. They're I just, don't know. They are just bringing him the document when he's not doing it live and just being like, just we just need to... Just sign We just down. need to give him a shot. We just need him to sign something. <laughs> there well, you go. <laughs> so whoever's running the show is <laughs> getting yeah. some shit done. I'm guessing it's his cabinet. I mean, yeah. Who else would it be? Potentially Jill, but she doesn't strike me as someone who's she's like not, trying to get shit done she's either. Not, she's not politically savvy either. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, besides, it would be a bunch of pro-doctor bills, right? All about um, medicine if it were Dr. Jill Biden. Yeah, right. Right? Like, wasn't yes. it, was it, was it Whoopi, Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg who thought she was it's a like wonder, physician? Wonderful doctor. Like, mm-hmm. No, she has a doctorate. She is a doctor. <laughs> she She's a... not a physician. <laughs> right. She doesn't work at <laughs> a hospital. There are many doctors. <laughs> yeah. Not all of them are physicians. The only time she goes to a hospital is when you do. <laughs> <laughs> or when she does. Or when she does. <laughs> Same time, you know. Last. I know what you meant. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I wish, like, I mean, if he really wanted to catch fire, like, if he really wanted to go, like, holy shit, we're going, we're, we're. Locking arms. We're going fucking Ghosts of Tsushima oh. on <laughs> the November election. Uh-huh. He would cancel student debt, or at least half of it, at least half. At least the federal. At least half of it. And legalize marijuana. <laughs> fucking. Like, that would be knocking it out of the park. Like, it really it would. It would. It would. It would, yeah. And while they have this momentum, mm-hmm. that's what they should do. Are they going to do that? They should like, also no. codify abortion, but they could get everybody to sort of forget about that for a hot second. Until somebody that's... dies from, you know, well, having people a... people are already getting prosecuted. Yeah. So. But until somebody dies. It's happened many yeah. times Oh, over. sure. So. 
Not every case gets a headline. No. But, uh, so there, there's there been some good momentum for, I mean, I think for the nation as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like, we're kind of, kind of stood up to this whole MAGA world thing for just a little bit. We'll mm-hmm. see how well it holds up. Yeah. But for the time being, like, it's, it's kind of like a, I don't know, a, a bit of a pushback, which is sorely needed. Like it just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, and I mean, at this point, you know, a win is a win. Yeah. Small as they may be. Sad, yeah, but yeah. Sad <laughs> but, but in the words of Metallica, sad, sad but, but true. true. <laughs> but when all you were doing was losing for like a year straight, like you'll take any victories. Like think of the yeah. think of the Cleveland <clears throat> Browns. <laughs> they almost went a calendar, a calendar two years without winning a fucking game. <laughs> so when they finally won one. Everybody called, it was like the Super Bowl. Everybody called out of work the next day because they were still drinking <laughs> when they should have been like just getting up. No, because the river caught on fire because things like and that, that happen in Cleveland. Yes. <laughs> and uh, a hospital because mm-hmm. of 3D, uh, because of x ray film, right. mm-hmm. uh, suffocated most people and then killed others in a fire. Yeah. Fun things in Cleveland. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> are we ready to get more depressed? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. This is, first of all, I've just been so lax on actually creating scripts, writing scripts lately. I wrote this one. (laughs) So um, no listener acknowledgement because I wrote this one, except thank you to everyone in perpetuity. I did like 30 minutes ago. That's okay. It's it's Thursday. It is Thursday. Yeah, Yeah, we had to record a little early because of uh, band commitments this weekend. But... Um, this is also just kind of like a, I want to say out of left field, but just like, you remember back in the day when I did a whole bunch of scripts of just like, huh, I've, we've never heard of this disaster. Sure. And then I started doing kind of more popular, more well-known things, I feel like lately. Well, I'm hearkening back to the, at least I had not specifically heard about this one, um, uh, prior to literally looking it up, so... This is the story of the Highland Towers collapse. Hmm. I don't don't know. So on December 11th, 1993, a 12-story building that was part of the Highland Towers residential complex in Selangor, Malaysia, collapsed, Mm. killing Mm. 48 people. Mm. Primary sources are Astro Awani, Britannica, Devastating Disasters, The Ghost in My Machine, The History Channel, Malay Mail, The New Straight Times, Says.com, The Star, University Putra Malaysia, The Vintage News, and Wikipedia. All right. So I first found this topic about a year ago, because I can't believe it's only been a year, but about a year ago, the Surfside condo collapsed. Man, has it, has it already been a year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're talking about in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Surfside. Yeah. But well, yeah. Just, Miami yeah. Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah um, that's, uh, I mean, that's an ongoing investigation, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Like, we, we won't do it for a bit, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the time, when that happened, first of all, like, I know it was shocking to a lot of people, but it's not surprising, in my opinion. Especially um, where it happened, Well, the too. thing is... Like, anyone who lives in South Florida knows Miami Beach floods in a drizzle. It, it is at 
sea level. At best, it's at sea level, mm-hmm. and sea levels are rising. So what do you think are going to happen to places at sea level when the sea levels rise? Gee, they're not going to float. Hmm. <laughs> you know, they're going to... They're gonna. Maybe that's how the kids will solve sink. it. We need to figure out a way to make these cities float. <laughs> well, Venice is sinking, they say, right? There you go. Um, <clears throat> but... And it's gonna get it's gonna get more common. Just the worse climate change gets, the more commonly this is going to happen. It used to be pretty rare. It used to be a a strange thing for buildings to collapse. I guess unprovoked, as it were, yeah, like on, on um, their own. explosions or fires, stuff that happens. Uh, terrorist attacks, like all of that, is um, extraordinary circumstances. Yeah, just right? falling apart all on its own. Right. That's a that's a recent phenomenon. Or due to natural disasters that aren't in and of themselves particularly like like those buildings in South Florida are meant to withstand hurricanes. Yes, they are. Maybe not like the world's worst hurricanes, but, I'm sure but they're, yeah, typical because, ones. Yes. Because that was the negotiating line. Like <laughs> the state wanted them to be responsible for like a category five mm. and they're like, No, we'll do category three. They're there like, are actually like, no, some regulations on yeah. that. But some. um uh, so I, I, at the time, this I started the script a year ago. I looked at the Wikipedia page and I, I of like I think it was notable structural failures and collapses. Okay. And this was the closest I could find in death toll to Surfside that didn't include one of those extraordinary circumstances. Sure. Um, so for for the record, and um, spoiler alert, Surfside killed 97 people. Wow, was it that That's many? twice as many as this. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Holy fuck. I, I guess I didn't out, remember it being that many people. people. Yeah. That's right, because it was kind of in the middle of the night, so everybody was, home, was home asleep. Yeah, oh, exactly. So uh. the Highland Towers collapse had some very specific aggravating factors, just like Surfside did. Buildings don't just collapse even with certain conditions. A lot of times it's structural failure due to all sorts a, of, a lot of things. neglect. Yeah. yeah, being one of them, right? Um, but th- this did have aggravating factors, but it's pretty close to the idea of a, quote, unprovoked collapse. It's not entirely unrelated to nature being influenced by man. In fact, that's that's pretty close to what happened, but we'll get into that. So, guess what? 267 episodes in, this is our first visit to Malaysia. Is it really? It is. We've been to very nearby. We've been to Indonesia. We've been sure. to the Philippines. We've been to Thailand, stuff like that, but not to Malaysia. <clears throat> So, uh, well, there were some effects in the 04 Boxing Day tsunami that were in Malaysia, but Malaysia was largely um, okay in 04. Rel- relatively speaking. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, the impacts were comparatively minimal yeah. um, compared to a lot of really awful mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, so to state probably what is obvious to many Malaysians in Southeast Asia, it, it is, this I did not know. Did you know Malaysia is split into two parts? No. There's Peninsular Malaysia and East Malaysia. Okay. So Peninsular Malaysia is, as the name would suggest, part of a pe- peninsula <laughs> in Southeast Asia, and it's just north of the Indonesian island of Sumatra. So separated by ocean, obviously. Eastern Malaysia is about 400 miles or 640 kilometers across the South China Sea from the peninsula. So Florida 
is way closer to Cuba <laughs> than half of Malaysia is from the other half. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- I learned a lot of geography stuff doing this. Did you know, have you ever heard of Borneo? Yes, I have. Do you know yep. what Borneo is? I don't know. It's an it's a, island. Is, okay, I was just going to ask. But it's not a island. country. Okay. It's a, just like Sumatra. It's like a territory? No, it's the name island. of the island. Oh. It's not a territory. It's three different countries are present on the island of Borneo. That's interesting. In the southern half is Kalimantan, Indonesia. Along the north part is East Malaysia. And then tiny, tiny, tiny little Brunei is in the central north. You remember that, John Oliver, right? Mm -hmm. The the notorious sultan or whatever. Yes. Um, In the north central coast. Itty bitty yeah, he rules over like a million and a half people. Di- absolutely, <laughs> and he's an absolute dictatorship. Fucking, yeah. yeah, yeah. But they're so small, nobody notices. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really, basically, right? <laughs> so where this disaster took place is pretty close to the cu- the country being Malaysia, Malaysia's capital, Kuala Lumpur. Oh, okay, uh, sure. which is in like West Central Peninsular Malaysia, south okay. of Thailand. Uh, Kuala Lumpur is known for sort of its old meets new aesthetic. Sure. So they have like huge skyscrapers. I was just going to say, isn't one of the tallest buildings in the world Yeah, there? we're going to talk about okay, that yeah. in a second. But also like traditional temples. It looks and... like a fucking cool place to go. It does. I'd love to go to Kuala Lumpur. I have wanted the to go there. the beach is right there too. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I've... Like basically everywhere that part is on the beach. I've wanted to go there since approximately 1993 when as a child I saw my first and only episode of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous when Barbara Eden of I Dream of Jeannie went to Kuala Lumpur. You know what? Hmm. You might, uh, you can convince me to go there for our first like really talk about a long flight yep. but I, I said you you can convince me yeah <laughs> um my old bandmate trombone player well, i'm not gonna mention names just in case anybody doesn't want his wife is from kuala lumpur okay so yeah, that's he's right. been there yeah, it's like a 24 right. hour flight it's 24 hour time difference too that's crazy so, yeah so that had to be like a 10 day trip oh that have to be quite a long trip yeah, yeah. just to get used to it <laughs> So, yes, Kuala Lumpur has the world's largest twin skyscrapers. Right. They're connected by that uh, bridge, too, I think. I think you might be thinking of Singapore, but I'm not oh, positive. Okay. I am not positive. Either Singapore way. has, like, a... There's anyway. Some, there's some fucking they're, sick buildings They're called there. the Patronus Twin Towers. They stand at 1,483 feet, or 452 meters. Now, that's with, like, a structural antenna, because sure. they do that for... But I looked it up, <clears throat> and yes, that makes it even taller than the World Trade Center was when the Twin Towers were okay. up. They were 415 and 416, sorry, 417 meters. These were these are 452, so by a bit, they're taller. So they were finished in 1998, and they didn't just out-height the World Trade Center, but even the then-tallest building in the world, the Sears Tower. Oh, that's which right. Which held yeah, the record for a while. Right. It's now Willis Tower in Chicago. The Patronus Twin Towers were outpaced by 2003. The climb continues. We're building ever and ever taller buildings, right? So it's no longer the world's tallest skyscraper, period. It's the tallest twin skyscrapers. So Kuala Lumpur itself was built on a lot of mining and manufacturing. That was like its main industry. Now, something that is notable about Malaysia and very important to this story is its climate. It is 
extremely close to the equator. Yeah. Peninsular Malaysia is just north of the equator. Um, so obviously it's really hot there year round, though interestingly not quite as hot as I would have anticipated, especially considering we in North Carolina have been experiencing like 95 degree plus Fahrenheit days, like for about six weeks. In yes. A row. <laughs> yes. It's only just now starting to yeah. get under 90, you know, and we're well north of the equator. So yeah. Kuala Lumpur's typical low temps are around 75 degrees Fahrenheit or like 23, 24 Celsius. Nice. But but when it's that hot, it probably feels like that's jeans and hoodie weather. Right. <laughs> the highs. 75 tonight. The average highs are around 91 degrees Fahrenheit or 32 Celsius. And it's got decent humidity around 80%. Okay. But I remember my, when my mom went to Singapore, which is not far from Malaysia, relatively speaking, and also very, actually... I think Singapore's just south. I think it's on the peninsula with Malaysia just south. I think so. Anyway, she said that it didn't feel much different than Miami. Sure. You know, I mean, humid the humidity and hot. is. That's yeah. what Miami is. Yeah, so that's what here is. <clears throat> or the Caribbean. It's not as bad as yeah, <laughs> Miami, we but don't have, we don't have we don't live right on an ocean. Well, yeah. Anyway. Um, So even though it does have kind of static temperatures throughout the year due to its proximity to the equator, Malaysia does still experience four seasons. It's just not the four seasons we're used to in temperate climates. Here are the seasons. You ready? The northeast monsoon. Okay. (laughs) Which is like November, December to March. The first inter-monsoon period, which is March or April to May. I'm not a fan of either of these seasons Mm -hmm. so far. The southwest monsoon, which is May-ish to around late September. And the second inter-monsoon period, or like October, November. Yeah, they need new seasons. (laughs) Those seasons really suck. (laughs) As you can guess by that, Malaysia gets a ton of rain. Yeah. A ton of rain. Specifically from these monsoons. Now, I'm pretty sure... We haven't talked about monsoons yet. Like, what? what is your... Prior to this research... We, haven't we done... We must have done one by now. A I monsoon think disaster? I'm sure we've mentioned it, but yeah. not, like, specified what a monsoon is. At least not to my recollection. P- please let us know. Oh, boy. And One of the you, bingers and, may And know. if you give the right answer, we'll give you our uh, Twitch streaming information. <laughs> so... What is your just off the top of your head? How would you define um, a monsoon? Like kind of like a like combination of um, like a small like a small hurricane with like heavier rain is kind of how I think of it. I that guess. was exactly prior to this research. That's exactly what I thought. You know, because like a, like a just a, it's just in the one contained tons area of rain of local. But that one contained rain. area is going to get fucked up. But right. it's not going all along like a coastline. Right. Or some that's shit. that's what yeah. I thought too. Technically, that's not it. Okay. So, uh, a monsoon is actually a large wind system okay. that reverses its direction in a specific pattern or season. I think yeah. we're going to need to feed the cats. We might need to. Yes. <laughs> Let's pause. And we're back. The little monsters have been fed. We were discussing monsoons. Yes. How it's a wind system that reverses its direction in a specific pattern or season. So it's about wind. That's crazy. Um, but uh, because of, remember I said that there are four seasons, and one of the seasons is the northeast monsoon, and one is the southwest monsoon. So you can see where it changes direction. It moves in that pattern. 
Um, and then the inter-monsoon seasons are the points at which it's changing direction, stopping and reversing. It's mm, very weird. Yeah. Weather is strange. <laughs> what? Just pointing out that that was still on. Oh, yeah, so. we've left it on yeah. for yeah. many episodes. Right. <laughs> the fridge, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's used to it by now, don't worry. Because mm-hmm. I keep forgetting to plug it back in, and I keep losing all my frozen goods, and we can't have that. No, So, (laughs) while monsoons are associated with rain, that's mostly just when it's moving in one of its directions. So, during the monsoon season, not during the inter-monsoon season, necessarily. So, in Malaysia, the northeast monsoon is the biggest, or the the most rain, which is usually, like, November-ish to March. They aren't, like literally delineated right it's just typical patterns so mm-hmm. it's around that time just like hurricane season it doesn't mean that hurricanes can de- cannot develop outside of hurricane season so in fact hurricanes have developed in every month out of the year so <clears throat> so to compare the months of the year the driest month in Kuala Lumpur or the driest months in Kuala Lumpur are typically June and July which average 4.9 inches of rainfall each And the wettest month is November, which averages 11.4 inches of rainfall, more than twice the driest months, right? Now, I had no perspective over if that was a lot of rain or not. So I was like, okay, what about us in Raleigh? Do you know that during our, uh, well, our average rain, depending on the month, right? But it ranges between like one and a half to two and a half inches. Really? So it's like half that of the lowest, our highest is half of the lowest months that in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. Now, uh, London, notoriously drizzy. Sure. Right? Drizzly. Drizzy. Drizzly. Drizzly. Strickling with the drizzly. Um, it's around two and a half inches a month. Okay. Um, so still, like, half of the driest months in uh, Kuala Lumpur. And but see, in, in London, it's always cloudy. <laughs> Kuala Lumpur, like, you know. They get it's a, they, rainy. Well, and, like, they got a different vibe going on. Yeah, much different. <laughs> so even during hurricane season, Miami averages at most six and a half inches of rain. So you can see how rainy Kuala Lumpur is during its wettest month. Yeah. Like, 11 inches. That's a lot of rainfall uh, And when you compare it to other places. So... The way water travels on Peninsular Malaysia also comes to play in Kuala Lumpur. So uh, Peninsular Malaysia has like a very varied uh, topography. So kind of in the central part of the country is the main range mountains. Okay. So it has mountain mountains, right? I mean, this is in the Ring of Fire, right? So there's a lot of... um, a topography because of the various um, faults and underground volcanoes and stuff like that. So obviously, water travels with gravity. Downhill forms lots of rivers throughout the country. But Kuala Lumpur, by contrast, is relatively low-lying. It's not like at sea level or anything, but it's much lower than those central mountains. So flooding is common. Because everything is coming <laughs> Everything's down. coming downhill. Exactly. Um, so it's no. almost like they have to build it on, like, a slope. <laughs> to keep it running <laughs> yes. down into the ocean, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the related issues Malaysia faces, partly due to this flooding, is soil erosion. Sure. 
As the rain yeah, rivers... it's going to be constantly getting displaced. Exactly. As the rain rivers and floods run downhill, they contribute to reducing the top layers of soil in the area. And that's not the only issue. As the country has developed, the naturally dense forest, which can stop or, or a curb or mitigate soil erosion, trees can, when... It, it's been replaced in many areas with roads, buildings, other infrastructure. Um, so deforestation contributes to soil erosion. And then add to that the rain and the resulting floods. And then also Malaysia has a history of mining and industry. Oh my goodness, Demetrius. And we're back again. <laughs> so Malaysia has a fair amount of mining and its history and manufacturing that can also contribute to um, destabilization of soil. The areas most susceptible to soil erosion on the peninsula are slopes because gravity is working against retaining the soil. And as you can imagine, this just might come into play in our disaster oh, today. So. <clears throat> so we mentioned the Patronus Twin Towers, but this disaster is completely different towers, the Highland Towers, on the outskirts of Kuala Lumpur, specifically in the township of township of Taman Hillview in the Mukim or administrative dis district of Ulu Klang in the same state as Kuala Lumpur, Selangor. So uh, Taman Hillview is basically on the eastern edge of one of the outermost major motorways of Kuala Lumpur. So I'd like to totally put this into perspective in Raleigh. It's like living on the east side outside the outer belt line. Okay, yeah. So, um, the site chosen for the towers was just on the edge of an otherwise totally undeveloped forested land. So, like, it, it, it actually was pretty cool looking. Um, and it's slight, it was slightly elevated, so it could look down on Kuala Lumpur um, and gave really cool views. So, development of the towers began in 1974, okay. beginning with just clearing the land, right? The prep work for the land. So, near the building site was a small stream called Sungai Timor, or East Creek. And during the initial phases of construction, the creek would overflow and nah. start flooding the construction site. So it's like, okay, that's a problem. So to keep the water at bay, both during construction and after the buildings were built, we're experiencing a thunderstorm, speaking of rain, just in case anyone can hear that thunder. So they diverted the stream into a giant pipe called a pipe culvert. And I only recently learned that that's what giant, those giant pipes, drain oh. pipes are called, culverts. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, that's a new one. We're learning about what monsoons are, we're culverts, yes. <laughs> We are, we love learning, don't we, folks? <laughs> billions, billions and millions of, of learning. Billions <laughs> they also built a pretty extensive underground drainage system to control basically the inevitable deluge of water from the local climate. Um, and plus, this is the the site of the these towers is at the bottom of a steep hill. Sure. Or not not the well, bottom I mean, bottom, but uh, uh, there's a sharp incline, it's, it's, right? Uh, yeah, it's not to their advantage. Right. Topo yes. uh, Topography-wise, we'll put it that way. Yeah, that's correct. And then they built a, sort of a last line of defense in the form of above-ground retaining walls. Sure, that makes sense. 
And because they planned on developing further and further out from the towers, so like pushing the outskirts of Kuala Lumpur even farther, but they'd have to go uphill, right? They built like terraces into the hills above the towers for like to um, level the land for future development or level out the land for future development. So the towers were constructed in three phases. There were three towers um, with buildings starting in 1974. The first tower, Block 1, was the southernmost building and was completed in 1977. It essentially consisted of two towers, sort of, joined in the middle by the elevator and stairwells, and it contained 50 apartment units. So here's a rendering of sort of the construction. You can kind of tell. Um, what I mean by the sort of dual tower design with the inner core. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because that inner core is essentially like that's the stabilizer. Yeah, and, and that's where like in a lot of apartment like, buildings, like hotels. Yeah, in a lot of places like apartment buildings, hotels, like there will be a centrally located mm -hmm. stairwell, elevator, that sort of thing. The second phase was block two. An identical tower. They, these were all laid out the exact same. It was completed in 1979, and it was northwest of Block 1 and slightly elevated. So it was a little higher and northwest of, I mean, not by tons, right? They're all pretty close. Um, and then the last phase, completed in 1981 or 82, I actually found some differing accounts, was the third identical tower, Block 3, which was directly west of block two. So basically it's like one and two are little bookends and then slightly elevated and slightly set back is block two. I say one and, one and three are bookends and two is, yeah, in the middle-ish. Uh, there was also a swimming pool and at least one parking lot or car park. But that's real. That's a lot of rain. Yeah, it's coming down, but it's only gonna last for like five minutes. It's also we, really we appropriate for this it, story. It, it is. <laughs> hopefully, it's hopefully it's picking up. I'm thinking it might be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. So as you, thank yeah. you. As you can imagine, a new development like in the suburbs of a bustling metropolis, it cost a little bit to live there, right? It's like oh, new building, nice view, and everything. And the residents tended to be economically more affluent, upper middle class, that sort of thing. Um, apparently, there was a bit of a reputation of the towers as being a popular place in the 80s and 90s for rich philanderers to house their mistresses. I don't know. I only found one little amongst, thing about that. Amongst other things. Oh, Let's well, and honest. many places, I'm sure. Yeah, that was just one of the safe houses. Right. Yeah. <laughs> one of the, like, 19 that they had stashed worldwide. Yeah. As for the residents themselves, uh, they described the life of the towers as, like, relatively quiet. There was a nice breeze there. There was a large ex patriot community there so sure. people kind Makes of from sense. all over were there so yeah, they, that's true because you've, you've got a lot of european countries that are close uh not europe well, no i mean closer to us that's what i closer than us anyway not really are, very close there are people from all over the world that are checking this place you, out. You know, a lot of people were from, like, India, Japan, Australia, oh, yeah, New Zealand, like the South Pacific a mm -hmm. little bit. Yeah. Um, when we went to Vegas, that was mm -hmm. main, the main thing I noticed about, like, the 
the people that there were people the from, crowd the tourists there were people yeah. from all over the world there you, isn't it and, funny and like, not to and, think of and it's like, yeah, it's and an it's international like, destination and it's like why wouldn't know? there be yeah. like it's the one place in the United States where you can basically do whatever the fuck you want oh, right and, well and, and it's also a major city yeah. a major attraction yeah. in the United States yeah. yeah I was I don't know why I was surprised by that but mm-hmm. I was I mean there was every every race creed color there I think I you expect it in like New York sure Miami yeah you don't think of Vegas as necessarily an international city no, but, but it yeah it's was. a worldwide attraction yeah so the 80s passed with the Highland Towers as the easternmost development in that part of the outskirts of Kuala Lumpur but starting in 1991 development began on those like terraces that they had built before so they're like okay now we're gonna start developing further and further out and uh, it, they were specifically in 91 uh, developing in the township of Bukit Antarabangsa. So they were clearing the land. It destabilized and deteriorated some of this topsoil, as all development does, right? Ooh, it's really going out there. Uh, <laughs> it's like right above us. <laughs> yeah. Now, when there's a combination of disturbed debris, water, like rain, the stream... And a steep slope, it's essentially the perfect recipe for what? Oh, mudslides, I would yeah, think. Landslide, yeah, landslide, mudslide, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rock slide. Yes, slides. Fucking, All yeah, the slides. <laughs> chunk of a mountain fell off. Yeah, right. And that started sliding. <laughs> All that debris is lubricated by the water, travels the path of least resistance, gravity, downhill. And is coming in at such a fucking speed that is just... Freight train, runaway yeah, train, yes, exactly. just, you don't want to be ever... Unf- well, you, you won't know you're ever in the path of it because that's <laughs> right? the last thing you will fucking ever know. You mm. won't be able to tell anybody. Unfortunately for the residents of Highland Towers, that is what started to happen. Mm. But as I said, they had that had been taken into consideration, which sure. is why the culvert, the drain, the retaining walls had all been constructed. It sounds like for the most part, like they did their best. To, it's sounding to mi- like it, isn't it's it? It's sounding like it. <laughs> to mitigate. To mitigate. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, in America, nobody would even take that into consideration. Right. <laughs> We'd be like, we just build them. Things what ha- do we care? Yep. Things happen to them after that. It's not our fault. <laughs> right. We're not responsible for, like, structural integrity. <laughs> we're, not re- we're not responsible for hooking up the water right next to the electrical and mm-hmm. ec- electrocuting everybody. Right. That was somebody else that built that. <laughs> or, wait, was it us? No. <laughs> So the problem is those measures were just not sufficient for what was to come. Yeah, I was going to say. They need some, like, a 22nd century uh, right. fucking technology. Future to, tech, yes. yeah. So in 1993, as with every other year, starting around November-ish, the northeast monsoon season began in Malaysia. December came raging in with 10 days of solid torrential rain. Now... As we said, every year this northeast monsoon comes around. It's annual. Everybody's used to it. Like, it's just how it goes. But even the residents of Kuala Lumpur and Malaysia who are like used to this occurrence said that that particular rainy season was exceptionally bad. And so you... As, ooh, that's See? It was exceptionally bad. <laughs> If only I'd like cracked my beer like right before that, <laughs> it would have been the greatest sound effect ever. There you go. So uh, this all did not spell good news for the residents of Highland Towers. No. 
The heavy rains could only be, get, be mitigated so much by the culvert and the drain system, especially with the aggravating factor of recent construction uphill. Well, I mean, imagine you live on a slope, mm-hmm. you know, topography-wise, mm-hmm. and something like going on outside right now right. happens like 10 times a month. Ten, you know, time, in, in ten the, days in a row. It, yeah. Except it's way, Except way it's worse, worse than this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, that's going to erode everything, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, there used to be a tree <laughs> over there. Right? <laughs> um, so, at some point, the culvert pipe burst in several places. Now, it's, yeah, it's not surprising. the timing and knowledge of this was a little hard to put together from sources. So one source I saw said this happened as early as October, like a couple mm-hmm. months earlier. I didn't see anything to corroborate that. But if it was underground, if the culvert was underground, it kind of makes sense. It would have taken time to notice because... Right, but some culverts are above ground, and I couldn't yeah. figure out which uh... it was. Um, because apparently there was also an, a source said that the bursts in the pipe were reported. So if it was above ground, that would make sense. Or maybe they monitored it, you know, somehow they could tell the pressure was off or something. But regardless, whether it was known it was leaking or whatever, the water from these leak, this giant leaky pipe had to go somewhere and it flowed into the foundation of block number one. Block one. Reportedly, in the few days before this incident, some residents started to see cracks in their walls and in the roads. So that that's literal erosion. Yeah, yeah, Uh it's tearing the land apart, basically. (laughs) Well, physical buildings and roads. Yes. Mm -hmm. By the morning of Saturday, December eleventh, the rain was actually letting up a bit. It was more of a drizzle. Yeah. It was only like an inch an hour. No, it was, <laughs> no, it was really starting to let up. Um, it was giving everybody a little bit of a break from the monsoon. And as the residents of Highland Towers went about just their normal weekend stuff, shortly before 1.30 p.m. local time, they heard a loud noise. What they didn't know at the time, what they were hearing was a sound of approximately 100,000 cubic meters of mud and debris barreling downhill at them. So, like freight train. Yeah. The debris made its way downhill and quickly demolished a parking lot, you know, the car park, and a retaining wall, uh, which was the last measure of defense for the landslide that was directly behind Block 1. Some residents in Block 2 saw this out of their window. Like, there were a lot of witnesses to this. Because, I mean, it's a Saturday and people are around, right? One resident, Bruce Mitchell, was on his balcony. He heard the noise. He grabbed his camera. Remember, this is 93. And he got pictures of this landslide, including this picture of the landslide breaching the retaining wall. Jesus, that must have been Fucking scary ass picture to take. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus and what is he Christ. like? It, it's actually really smart that he did that because what Just else is he gonna do? It. He can't stop this. No, no. <laughs> he can't be like halt. Who goes there? I, I, I do declare. Mm-hmm. Good day, sir. <laughs> Good day, landslide. <laughs> exactly. So that's uh, fucking nuts. Oh, 
I mean, I know. Imagine seeing that, and you're like, you're, all my neighbors see, are in that all, building. All I can think of is when we went to Roanoke for the first time. Oh my god, that's got, the worst train I've ever been. We in. got in the middle of like, not a flood, flood, but everything around it us was flooding. It wasn't good. I was it, that was dicey. <laughs> yeah. So we we eventually. I found that a little scary. It was a little weird. Like I'd never seen like. Well, because a, we were in the mountains too. Yeah. So like that that that. And, and then we the... and then we looked it up and we found out like that's just common in that area. Yeah, well, lying and all that. It's almost the same as like this. Like everything goes down. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And Roanoke bottoms is just in one of those places yep. where it kind valleys. Of, yep, kind of bottoms out a little yep. bit. Well, it was Johnstown. The flood in Ohio that you did Oh, yes, yes, of? yes. That's That was part of it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was in it a was valley. Just, it mm-hmm. was just where it was. Mm-hmm. Plus a dam break, right? Or something? Yes. Okay. So the lucky residents of Block 1 were the ones who put together that something bad was happening. Cracks in the walls hearing, like, this freight train noise. And they got out. They, evacu- they ran That's out crazy. the building. Literally, some people were just like, I don't know what's happening. I need to get the fuck out of here. And they did. The other thing, too, is, is I, I don't know if they have the same type of work life we have. I'm, mm. I'm guessing so. This is a Saturday. So right. This is a mm-hmm. weekend. So people would be home at 1.30 in the afternoon could, on a Saturday. They sure could be. More likely than if it's a normal like work day, like right. it's a Wednesday. Sure. Plus, if you think about it, probably, because on the weekends, depending, maybe there's family time or maybe, like, one of the parents is running errands while the other is staying at home with the kids or, yeah. like, any number of things Jeez, could be going on. I'm sure on. that happened, too. We're going to hear like, about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it ended up being, you know, obviously the right call for anyone who was able to make it out because the tons of mud quickly overwhelmed the soaked foundation of Block 1 pushing against it and causing all of its 12 stories to come crashing to the Jesus ground. Um, so Bruce Mitchell got a picture of this. And it's a pretty wild picture. No fucking shit. Let me see this. Oh my God. The leaning Highland Towers, yeah. He did. That's, oh my God. That's fucking so scary. Here's how one witness um, recounted it. A resident of Block 2, a banker named Tilton Lee, he said, quote, I couldn't believe what happened next. As I was inserting the key into my car door, I heard a loud noise and turned around just in time to see the block falling. From my angle, the building swayed forward slightly first before crashing to the ground. It literally uh, just toppled. Mm-hmm. So the toppled building kicked up a massive dust cloud. Of course. And then witnesses would later remark that after the echoes of the crash subsided, quote, there was complete silence. Well, uh, as Americans and as world citizens who witnessed, like, we have a Mm. very good frame of reference for that, don't we? It's very different, though. Well, it's, but I'm talking about, like... What it looks like, but... And the circumstances. It happened really differently. So, like, we're used to the depictions of the World Trade Center, right? They, They, like... A telescope down. Yeah, they cascaded. They did cascade. The, the, that's a very <clears throat> no, different these fell building. over. These, yeah. like, yeah, like, leaned and toppled. Yeah. yeah. Plus, there weren't millions of people in the vicinity. Like, there were no, no, no. people I'm just, screaming I'm just, and running away. But I'm just saying, like, all of a sudden, like, like they came visual. down, dust, silence. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the... So, obviously, the first order of business was to search for possible survivors. Mm-hmm. Uh... 
And as there had been plenty of witnesses, like emergency services got called quick to the scene. So, and they were dispatched from Kuala Lumpur to the collapse site. Like the, the emergency workers said they were like stunned by the site. It was a lot bigger and a lot more unusual than what they were. I mean, how often do EMS workers work building collapses because they're they're really not all that common on top of something that was caused by a mudslide yeah mm -hmm. so you have Mm -hmm. that i mean you have lots of factors in play yeah i mean likely people are buried well that's yeah so um as with all building collapses they had reason to work with both caution and expediency they needed to protect themselves and potential survivors but also needed to get to people before they dehydrated, died of an injury, whatever. All sorts of things. Bled out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rubble was also unstable itself. It was almost like its own structure. It would shift. It would rain down concrete. Like, it was very unstable. And not to mention, like, the emergency workers were like, this is a building. There's cooking gas that could oh, explode. The, the, uh, the parking lot had oil from the cars that mm-hmm. could explode. Like, this was a very vo- potentially volatile site. Yeah. So, That's nuts. Interestingly, the residents of Blocks 2 and 3 were not evacuated until the next day. Like, That's... officially evacuated. I bet a lot of them left voluntarily, but, you know. Or maybe they just made the... Like... They could figure, the perimeter. Or they, they were just like, your part of this will be structurally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Like, we've got an eye on you, but for now, just stay where you are. There's no I need. Guess. We've got to get to these other people first. Maybe they're trying to leave the way clear for And just trying to kind of something. eliminate confusion probably that a little bit. Be. You know? could be. Although yeah. I'd be one of those people like, I, I'm not staying Right, here. yeah. <laughs> like, well, especially these people were re- in general relatively affluent, so they probably sure. could have. It's not like <clears throat> they were stuck there because they couldn't afford true. a hotel or something. That is true. So. Uh, the rescue efforts were performed by about 500 people from several countries, including sure. France and Japan. It lasted for 12 days. Yeah. Within a few hours of the collapse, they found three survivors. That's good. Uh, Yoriyuki Nakajima, a 50-year-old man who's a Japanese expat, a 27-year-old Indonesian expat woman named Umi Rashida Koruman, and Umi's 18-month-old daughter, Norhida Najib. So Umi and her daughter recovered. They were okay, but Yoriyuki died at the hospital just mm. after midnight, so he didn't survive for very long. Uh, those three people would end up being the only survivors rescued yeah, from Block 1. It was just within a few hours. Not surprising. Unfortunately, this is probably one of the worst details of this case. Um, there were accounts that there were signs of survivors never found. Oh, I'm sure. You just couldn't, on, get, couldn't get to them. On December 15th, rescue workers apparently found a note tied to a wire that said, Help us, we are still alive. And they looked and they couldn't find anybody. That same day, the emergency workers were like, we're hearing knocking from somewhere. And they couldn't find anybody. So um, despite their best efforts, these people were not found. So people potentially survived four days or more, but then died. Yeah. Which is horrible to think of. It is, but it's, I mean, 
it's almost unavoidable in a situation like this because there some are some people s- are going to survive the initial impact. Yeah. Well, and there are so many factors at play yes. just to rescue them. Like yes. you don't know the, the, the structural integrity of anything of is at best unknown. Well, the thing is that I'm and not knocking these emergency no. at all. They did their best. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's the circumstances that are shitty, not their There work. could have been a yeah. doorway where now there's a mud wall. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and if you don't live there, right. you've probably got specs on the building, but the building's tipped over. Right. Yeah, so you the, don't know the, where the, everything is. The specs to a degree are... I didn't know you were in here, Jess. Yeah, he's in here. Okay. <laughs> and that's about to go off again. Well, it will in a few minutes. Yeah. We might be able to finish up. In the oh, okay. But, yeah, I know. It, it's But it's just so sad that some people suffered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah, this is pretty brutal. It is brutal. So the final death toll in the Highland Tower collapse was 48... Go on, Jesse. So there was 47 people who died, possibly immediately, but we're not sure. And then the one man who was rescued and died in the hospital. Yeah, all we can hope for is hopefully immediately. Like you saw a mud wall coming at you, and then that was it. They were able to recover the remains of most of the victims. So they could be, uh, a lot of people, like, because they were expats, they're. Remains were repatriated, you know, buried mm-hmm. back in their home countries or whatever. So the dead included many family members of people who managed to escape or just weren't in the building at the time. Uh, so 51-year-old South Korean architect and engineer Bak Young-il lost his wife and his teenage daughter. Jenny Tan's three sons, aged 15, 6, and 3, all oh, died. Oh, my God. Lorraine Tan and Kwa Sang Chit's six-week-old son, Kwa Lee Jun, died. Hmm. Even for those fortunate enough to survive and not lose loved ones were, of course, subjected to the trauma of such a close call, not to mention the complete destruction of their home and belongings, which is traumatic as well. Annette Bashir, who survived along with her husband and three kids, reported that afterwards, like for months and months and maybe years, who knows, um, in the middle of the night, she would wake up at any sound whatsoever yeah. in a cold sweat yeah. and panicking and looking for her husband I and kids. Don't doubt that for a That's second. That's horrible. So I couldn't find a record of a formal report or inquiry after the collapse, but of course, in retrospect, the pieces are there to see what happened. The rain, deforestation, development caused the soil erosion, leaving the area unstable. The burst pipe weakened the foundation, added water to the area. Unusually heavy rains resulted in the landslide, knocked the building off its deteriorated foundation. Of course, there were lawsuits. Um, In October 1994, six residents sued the developers and related parties, including engineers, architects, for negligence. Allegations included negligence on the part of architects for drafting and approving plans they were unqualified to do. Mm. And the construction company for using substandard and defective materials. Mm. By 2004, a settlement was made by Ambank for 52 million Malaysian ringgits to compensate the victims. If I did all my calculations right for historical currency conversion and inflation, that's roughly about $21.5 million now. Okay. All right. Many other lawsuits and trials took place with yeah. varying results. The developer, the architect, the engineer, and the project manager were all found liable for negligence. And really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they sure were. That's Apparently, the, they were found 
like, yeah, you did use substandard shit. Yeah, you did sign off on stuff you shouldn't have. That sort of thing. Um, from what I can tell, most local authorities who were sued for negligence, probably for like inspection and stuff like that, they were not held liable because they had a prosecutorial immunity. So. Yeah, see that? I mean, after knowing, I mean, we've covered so many building collapses at this point. And just thinking about building collapses, like mm-hmm. even ones we haven't covered. Right. Mm-hmm. There are plenty. Like, it's, it's like the industry I work in gets is highly regulated, again, yes. for a reason. But right. every single day, you have to sign off on things. Mm-hmm. Every day. So mm-hmm. that there's at least a record yes. of I did this mm-hmm. on this particular day mm-hmm. with this particular batch right. number. Um, to trace things back. I think construction should... should I mean, why That's, wouldn't it be the same way? You know, I they mean, do it for airplanes. Pilots yes. do it. Uh, engineers do it for for stuff like that. Now, um, I mean, doctors do it. Now, to validate all that, my God, would that would You're be right. a, that would be a long process? Uh-huh. It would it'd be a long process. But, but yeah, it'd be it'd be worth the investment, I think, and just be like when you're yeah. building this type of home. Mm-hmm. And there are these standards already, like these things need to happen. Mm-hmm. But the the extra thing to me is like people need to sign off on it. Yeah, that's that's it'll hold a lot of people a lot more honest because right, they're signing will. their name to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, what they say in my line of work is, if you don't document it, it didn't happen. It didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 CYA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so while the rubble of Block One was cleared from the Highland Tower site. Uh, blocks two and three still remain, and I think I forgot oh, to wow. show you. Oh, wow, okay. So here's some of the rubble. It's oh, literally on its side, a building on its side, right? It almost looks like like if you took away like the rubble part up yeah. here and up here, it almost looks like somebody was trying to construct like a new type of building. Right, on its like, side, yeah, like, <laughs> like a sideways building, like a, yeah. Like a curve, like... Yeah, right It now. literally just like fell that, over. yeah. Uh-huh. Like, like on its side. That's yeah. crazy, mm-hmm. but most of it didn't come apart. Mm-hmm. That's the craziest. Yeah, it's like its own structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why it was so unstable and so yeah. like. And why it just fell mm-hmm. the way it did in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, blocks two and three are still there. Here's a picture. So after their oh, yeah, evacuation, I mean... remember these didn't, these no. are the non-falling buildings, right? And as far as we know, no structural issues outside of what, you know, like faulty design or whatever. Um, uh, so after their evacuation, they became the sites of frequent looting for years. Yeah. I mean, these are yeah. people's stuff was still there. Yeah. Lots of urban legends and ghost stories have developed surrounding the well, location. You have, to remember, you have to remember, too, these were, uh, you know, well-off people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they had some good stuff in there. Yeah, Yeah. they had some shit worth looting. Yeah, so it's easy to see, like, all the urban legends and stuff, given the state of these buildings being completely overgrown, abandoned, now certainly dangerous to go into. And look how quickly that took. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Yeah. All right, so plans are currently in place for the remaining towers to be demolished. It's, they've gone back and forth. Um, sure. As of like a year-ish ago, they, they were back on for demolishing it. But it, as far as I know, it has not been done yet. Well, there's only so much land to build on now, isn't there? Yeah, there's that. <laughs> so. so landslides have remained a regular hazard in Malaysia, especially during monsoon season. With climate change, that is likely or almost guaranteed to it's continue guaranteed. 
and worsen over time, an issue that remains mostly unaddressed by the Malaysian government, just like ours. Just like our government. Yeah. <laughs> and that, my friends, was the story of the Highland Towers collapse. That's so fucking sad. But, I mean, thankfully, just for, you know, again, it's sad, but thankfully, just for context, it's documented with photos. Like yeah, because of the time it was Because if, the, if this is something that happened, like, in 1913, right. I mean, you'd have a bit of a visual of it in your mind, but no. Like, the building literally just fell on its side. It's pretty wild. And kind of maintained, like, its shape. Shape a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, except for mm-hmm. some pieces, obviously. Right. Um, but for the most part, it just like, like, oh, it just fell over. Like, can we just put it back up? Right. Can you <laughs> like, imagine the terror of being in a building that's top lit? Like, no, you're on the 12th fuck floor. Fuck no. Ugh. Hell no. That's terrifying. No. I can't imagine the terror of being in a building when that happens, when a fire happens, uh, when 9-11 happens. Like, Jesus. what the fuck? No thanks. Yeah. yeah. I want to be in, I want to be in open space. Right? <laughs> Just all the time. Yes. Do you know that there's a specific fear of open spaces? It's like the opposite of claustrophobia. That's not surprising, yeah. but... There's a fear of everything. Yeah. <laughs> there is. <laughs> actually is. There's a warranted fear of most things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. The uh, open space is <sighs> a winner. We should build a... We should just build a hut. So it's all open. But with... You know, better walls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're not in a hut today I am. with this I'm very, rain. <laughs> yes, I'm very glad. That's so funny that it was like raining and storming while we're talking about monsoons. It was, it'll be interesting if it uh, if it picked up. I'm sure one of those. Uh, I think some of it. I'm sure a couple did. of those lightning strikes and yeah. thunderclaps picked up on the mic. Yeah, I would think so. It was it was right above us for a good minute yeah. or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're listening with headphones, you're probably hearing. Yeah, it you might better. hear that. Yeah. But uh, I mean. Building collapses are just fucking brutal. They're all brutal. They're they all are. brutal. But there's just like a different, <laughs> I don't know, there's just like a, because you're, you're, the four walls that you live in that you make, that you pay for, mm. you, you make it your home. You know? It is disturbing when something happens to your home. You're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like even if it's a fire, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden, like the home that you built. Yeah. Like, I mean, George Carlin used to have this uh, bit, which mm-hmm. was true. He was like, he's like, we don't need to solve homelessness. He's like, home is a state of mind. Mm-hmm. He's like, we need to solve houselessness. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. He's like, we just need to put people somewhere. Shelter. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and he's right. Like, home is a state of mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is. Mm-hmm. And just to have all that, like, vanish. Yeah, that's Or rough. if you're literally going down with it. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's pretty scary. That's kind of one of the first times we've done something like this. Where that, a building just falls over. Yeah. It's that's true. The building We've collapses. We've done plenty of done, collapses. Like, they literally like yeah. accordion down or yeah. something. The, yeah, this actually. Or go down jagged, crazy. but yeah. But and there are just piles of debris afterwards. Right. But this mm-hmm. thing was like mostly intact. Basically. It just fell over. Yeah. So Like Jenga is the thing that I think of, you know, like a really horrible game of Jenga. The big blocks of Jenga that everybody has. Yeah, at, right, at the, at the breweries. <laughs> <laughs> that's we, we're not going to compare it to that no mentally that that is kind of what i'm thinking the about. visual yes what it seems like yeah, but, yeah, it's obviously horrible yes so that was the highland towers collapse and this has been another episode of all bad things i'm david i'm rachel we'll see you next week